On this episode of Kenny and the Coaches, I talk with El Reno head girls basketball coach Jennifer Douglas. Coach Douglas started out as an elementary teacher in the Oklahoma City Public School System. From there, Coach Douglas started her coaching career at U.S. Grant, where she was the head girls basketball coach. From there, she made the jump to Midwest City, where she was a head assistant girls basketball coach. And since 2016, she has been the head girls basketball coach at El Reno. And since she took over, the El Reno girls have made the state tournament every year except the year COVID shut everything down. She's turned the program into one of the better girls programs in the state, and the Daily Oklahoman called her one of the best coaches in the state. Here's my conversation with Coach Jennifer Douglas. All right, Coach, thanks for taking time out of your weekend to visit with me a little bit. No problem. Now, this past season, uh, kind of tell me a little bit about your this past season. Uh, well, I believe we went 24-5. and five. I think that was our correct record. We made it all the way to the state championship and lost to McAllister in the championship. Uh, I graduate eight seniors, but out of those eight seniors, we had four uh, that – really you know implement or really impacted our game uh, and so I'm gra- graduating four seniors that yeah. started for me um so next year will be a little bit different but uh I mean we had a great run I felt like we should have won a state championship yeah. but you know sometimes that's just how it rolls you know the basketball gods say not today yeah. um but I-, I felt like you know um we're doing a good job with El Reno. You know, that was our second time we've been to the state championship in four years. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we're, we're kind of building a program and everybody knows, you know, that we're going to continue to keep building. And so I'm excited for, you know, what's next and where we go from here. Now, did, uh, did COVID affect you guys any this year? I know like two years ago, you couldn't even finish your season, but. Right. Uh, so this year we, uh, obviously like it was a little bit better, However, we did have um, like a two or two week thing where, you know, we, we probably missed like probably like four or five, you know, uh, varsity players because they were they had COVID and they had to sit out 10 days. It was just, the, the nice thing is, is that as long as our girls were vaccinated, we did not have to uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of my girls are native. And so most of them uh, get vaccinated through their tribe. So oh, we yeah. were pretty blessed in that aspect. Now, I know like in smaller schools, we get hit with COVID. We almost, we have to cancel games. Did y'all ever right. have to cancel games or do you just have to keep rolling with what you have? So I told my girls at the <clears throat> beginning of the year that no matter what, I was going to roll with what I had. Yeah. Um, so if I had to pull girls from uh, freshmen or if I had to pull girls from JB, I was going to do whatever I needed to do to be able to play. You know, mm-hmm. last year, not this year, but last year, we we probably missed 10 games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was more like eight, but because we were having to cancel games or postpone games and things of that nature. So it, that was a frustrating part to me. So that's basically yeah. why I told my girls, like, I'm not, I'm not losing games. You know, I'm not going to go play a game because I don't have my, my star player. Yeah. So yeah. whoever I have is what I'm going to go play with. So I just told them all, you know, like, make sure you're ready make sure you know all the plays, all the defenses. Like, you never know whenever your name and number is going to be called. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, plus, you know, it's important once you get to the playoffs. It's, 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 I think it is important to have your players that don't see the floor as much kind of get out there and get used to what – because you may have to call, call – Yes, exactly. <clears throat> you never know what happens. You Most definitely. Like, there's there were some girls that, you know, didn't get much playing time throughout the season but then expected to come in and during playoffs – 
and mm. give me, you know, 10 minutes here or, you know, three minutes here, just depending on, you know, foul trouble and, uh, you know, like just trying to make sure that we have the right lineup in or, you know, mm. game plan against the other teams. Yeah. Now, in the state tournament games, I think I've asked this of every coach I've had on that's been in the state tournament, and they all kind of have the same answer. I'm see if yours is the same. <laughs> How how intense are those games in the state tournament, and do you feel the pressure like when the games are tied at the end, or you just are you just too into the game to even realize what's going on? Really, you know what I mean? Um. Well, <laughs> it's hard to say. Like I have a lot of nerves and stress, like right before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like hard for me to eat and things of that nature, just because like I, I stress myself out before. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but once the game starts, it's it's all about making the right adjustments. And uh, so, I mean, I try to do my best to like kind of see what's going on and what's happening and make the adjustments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you that the whole entire game of uh, the McAllister game, I felt like my girls were very tight and they weren't playing loose like we normally do. Yeah. And so the whole entire game, like I felt like I was trying to calm them down and relax them and, mm-hmm. and trying to just be super positive with them. Uh, it obviously, like I felt like it didn't work, but, uh, but I felt like I was coaching more of nerves through that game and, uh, rather than coaching X's and O's. And so, um, I, I don't know, like I, I was after that game against McAllister, I was like, dang, like it's over. Like that was it. Like, can I have five more minutes? (laughs) That's what I was was thinking, you know? Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say like, I'm nervous throughout. Like, I feel like we prepare enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, this year with my team, like, sometimes I I, I was like, what team is going to show up today? Am I going to get the team that's locked in, ready ready to go? Or am I going to get the team that's just like, oh, we're just here? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I just knew, like, for, my, for myself, like, I prepare a lot. And that's what makes me nervous. So as soon as I give them the game plan and we go over everything, like, it's out of my hands. Yeah. And so I can't stress anymore. Like I can do what I can do and, and, and help you get, you know, the best looks or the best stops, but you ultimately have to go make the play. And so that's just what, you know, what I, I talk to my girls about all the time. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily, it's like nerve wracking in the game, inside the game. It was, it's more like for me, it's more the prep. Yeah. 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 Cause if, I mean, if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. I mean, the kids know, your your girls have done it enough. They know what to do. It's just kind of right. getting over that mental hurdle. Now, yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, how how have you built the program that you have at El Reno? I mean, what has been some of the keys to your success? Because you've been to the state tournament. We're talking about that off air. We're going to say every year. We're not going to count the COVID year. <laughs> <laughs> you've been to the state tournament every year you've been there. How have you kind of built that program and turned it around? Uh, well, when I first came in, I, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, like my expectations were high for them and, you know, I held them to those expectations. That was number one. And then number two, like make sure that the girls that I have, like I play for them. Like, so for example, like make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, our offense is perfect for that, the, their style or like make sure defensively, whether it's a, a man-to-man full court or whether it's a two-three zone, whatever it is, like I want to make sure that it, it tailors to the clientele that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is, is something that I told myself I, I wanted to do is like every single class, like 
it's super important for important for me to build two or three girls out of every single class. So that way I'm not having to reload quote unquote every single year. Like I have yeah. two or three girls I can step up every single year whenever somebody graduates. And so that's kind of what I've done, you know, over the past few years is make sure that, you know, two or three girls most definitely are developing and ready for, you know, that role to step into whenever it's their time. Oh yeah. Yep. Now what, what was it that got you into coaching? Cause I mean, it seems like you're, you have everything down that you wanted to do even before you got there. I mean, that that's pretty detailed on, on that. I mean, what was kind of, you know, I mean, I, I don't think a lot of people look at it like that. I, I, when you were saying that, I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. Building up kids in each class, you know, I mean, of course, I mean, that could be some being at a, a bigger school like that too, but I mean, that that's pretty, what, what got you into coaching? Well, um, when I was in high school, I played softball and basketball and then uh, took a break, you know, and just went to school. And, I, you know, when I went to school, I was just like, oh, I'm just going to be at first. I thought I was going to be a pharmacist. That didn't really work out. Um, hmm. My <laughs> like those chemistry lectures were not as easy as high school chemistry <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> by any means. Um, so I just thought, you know, I'd become a teacher because I liked kids and I wanted my summer off. Uh, so I I was an elementary teacher for three years. Oh, wow. And then – God bless you. Uh, right. So then I, I got a phone call from my high school softball coach. She was an AD at U.S. Grant High School. And she called me and was like, hey, Jen, do you, uh, do you want to come coach? I was like, uh, what you got for me? Like, you're you going to make me, like, assistant, like, softball coach or something? And she was like, no, I want you to be my head basketball coach. I was like, ah, uh, I don't know about that one. Hmm. And so I was like, give me a couple of weeks. And so I thought about it. And, and it was just, like, I told myself that I wasn't always going to coach. And everybody told me growing up, oh, you'd be a great coach, Jen, someday. You know, I'm like, yeah. nah, I can't handle kids. <laughs> yeah. But so, but whenever I stepped in, like, it reminded me of whenever I was in high school, you know, like I went through when I, my four years in basketball, I went through three different coaches. Mm-hmm. And so the importance of, you know, like a commitment and uh, somebody who is going to stay and somebody who is going to, you know, uh, basically commit to the girls and give them, you know, structure and give them you know, somebody that was there for them. That's what I wanted to do for other girls. And mm-hmm. so um, that's what, that's ultimately the reason why I got into it. I didn't really get into it to win ball games, or I didn't mm-hmm. get into it to win mm-hmm. championships. Um, that just kind of came with it, you know, yeah. whenever I got mm-hmm. to U.S. Grant High School. I won three games my first year and three games my second year. And so mm-hmm. but the difference that I was making in those kids' lives was, was the real reason why I was there. And so mm-hmm. – I just happened to be kind of decent at coaching and uh, I, I met the right people along the way. That's, so that's kind of where I've ended up. Well, I wouldn't say decent. I said, I told you before we got, <laughs> before we got on camera, I, said I did some internet trolling, find out some information on you. And I, I read an article in the Oklahoma where it said coach Jennifer Douglas, one of the best coaches in Oklahoma. So I wouldn't. You're really? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I missed that one. <laughs> It's from a couple of years ago, article. but I, I think it travels pretty well, though. But well, uh, what what has it been like? Well, I'll get to that in just a second. Now, as far as like off season is concerned, um, are you big on like weight training? I mean, do you have a lot of one sport athletes there? Uh, 
So, um, so off season goes, um, so I basically pretty much give them the whole entire month of April off. Um, we just started working out probably like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I give them pretty much a month off because I do ask them to dedicate basically 10 months of their life to basketball. Yeah. Um, and so right after this season is over, they get spring break and then they get another, you know, four weeks or so off. Um, so we do uh, weights twice a week and then we do skill work twice a week uh, through May. And then in June, you know, a bunch of camps. So I make sure that, you know, I have camps for my ninth grade, my JV and my varsity. Uh, I make my varsity go to 6A camps and I don't really like to play anybody other than 6A schools Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. I feel like that that's, mm-hmm. that's our best competition and that's ultimately our goal. Like if we compete with 6A teams, then we can beat 5A teams. That's how I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can that basically takes up our whole month of June. And then in July, we lift weights three times a week and condition three times a week. And then once we get to school, I give them about two weeks off, two or three weeks off. And then right um, like September. So right when September hits, um, we're in the weight room twice a week. And then we're at skills twice a week. And then we, so most of my girls, so if they're, uh, if their schedule allows it, they have to do six hour weights. Uh, Mm -hmm. just because like, I think that weights are a big deal. Like not only are we strengthening our legs, strengthening our trunk so that way we can rebound and do things of that nature. It helps us jump higher. I feel like it makes girls more, more more athletic, but Mm -hmm. also on top of that mentally, it makes you stronger. Like, Mm -hmm. and so like, cause you have to have that mindset in the weight room that I'm going to push, push, push because I want to get better. And the same thing happens, you know, in basketball, like when when times get tough, what are you going to do? Are you just going to lay down or mm-hmm. are you going to keep pushing? And and so your mind eventually has to take over. Uh, as far as one, uh, one sport athletes, and most of my girls are one sport athletes. I try mm-hmm. to push them to do other sports. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, however, this year is very different. Uh, after the season, a lot of my sophomore class, so that would be my 2024s, they tried out for the volleyball team. And so uh, we'll see if they stick it out. I, I mean, two of them are really good. They're really athletic. They're two starters for me. And I think that they could easily start on the volleyball team. Uh, yeah. So we'll see what, you know, if they stick it out and if they, if they play or not. But typically I, I usually have majority, you know, 90, 90% of my girls in the gym with me. 24 7 that's i mean like you said you do want them to play other sports but it is pretty nice to have them year round you know yes yeah now talk yes about, i agree 100 percent. talk about some of the players that have contributed to your success in the since you've been there well i always talk about a few um like like i said kind of like every class has somebody that stood out or did something you know to make our our program where it is, you know, when I first got there, Jolie Wood, she was a senior and, um, she was long lanky. She was athletic. They had her in the post, but the girl could run, she could rebound, she could shoot, she could handle the ball. She could do it all. And so I just put her in a position to be successful and, um, to do all of those things for me. Uh, and I, 
truly believe that she was the one that brought everybody as a whole um, into our program. Because mm-hmm. when I first got there, um, you know, the dynamic of El Reno, we have El Reno kids, we have Maple kids, and then we have Darlington kids. And so, like, El Reno is kind of like a hodgepodge. Like, it has quite a few different, you know, kids and, and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. But Maple is typically, you know, uh, predominantly Caucasian. And then Darlington is typically uh, Native American. And so whenever mm-hmm. you bring both of those schools in with El Reno kids in ninth grade, it's hard for them to not only like play with each other because they have different styles of play, but also their background and ethnicity is different in culture. Mm-hmm. And so you're having to bring all of that together. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt like the coaches before me didn't really like, didn't really try to, to mold all of that together to be successful. And I yeah. feel like that that was my, one of my first goals when I got to El Reno was to make sure that everybody was, priority and everybody was loved and everybody was cared for no matter where they came from no matter what color they were no matter who their parents were Mm -hmm. um and so Jolie was the person that kind of bridged the gap for me she bridged the gap between the Maple Girls the Darlington Girls and uh our El Reno kids she uh she could have went on and played college basketball so she she did not go um Mm -hmm. but she was probably the person that I I look at a lot and then um, Hayden and Massey, they were the next group in, uh, right after Jolie. Um, they were starters, let's see, before I got there. And both of them were my first, uh, all staters. And so I felt like they just showed, but the, the nice thing about Hayden and Massey was they brought in, you know, like the younger kids, like they were trying to help the younger kids. They're trying to mold the younger kids. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, Hayden and Massey senior year, we got a, a, a freshman, Jalen Ravellis, she came from Darlington, and she was the first freshman that I had start. Wow! And uh, and so since then, like everybody was, everybody after that, everybody realized, oh, Coach Douglas is not going to play favorites. Coach Douglas mm-hmm. is going to play who deserves to play. Coach Douglas is going to play who works hard at practice and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those girls helped build it, and then uh, this year, or the last four years, um, Ashlyn Evans-Thompson, she was a freshman the last time we went to the state championship, and she had a really good uh, senior class of leaders. Uh, yeah. She had uh, Mercedes Macias, and then Kara Davis and Charlie Bushyhead, and those girls took Ashlyn under their wing, and like we're gonna we're gonna teach you the ropes. We're mm-hmm. we don't care if you're the best. We don't care if you score the most. We're just here to win. Yeah. And so I think our our program took a turning point at that year. You know, freshman or uh, Ashlyn's freshman year, and was basically just showing like we don't care. You know, who gets the glory or the shine or the pub like. We just care about winning. Yeah. And so Mercedes and Kira and Charlie were really good about that. They didn't really care as long as they were winning. Yeah. And so so that kind of it, – it, it's kind of taken off from there, you know. Uh, we get a lot of Native Americans from Darlington, and they're always really athletic. And they love mm-hmm. to run a gun. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's always fun, you know, just teaching them, you know, different things because they do have that that background from uh, Darlington and they come they come and they're ready to go. And so it's always really nice yeah. to have that. 
What what has it been like coaching Elroy? You know, I mean, it sounds like you have to do a lot of not just just coaching, but I mean, like molding and I wouldn't oh. say character building, but that seems like that's the majority of the job. Yes, most definitely. So, but I kind of knew that coming in. You know, whenever mm-hmm. I interviewed for the job, they just said, "Hey, like." this is a situation like we we're looking for somebody who not only has X's and O's, but somebody that can really pour into these girls and uh, make them better, you mm-hmm. know, human beings and better people. And so that's definitely always been a, uh, a goal of mine is to make sure not only am I, you know, trying to make them best, better basketball players, but also like make them better people. Mm-hmm. And, and so character building is big time. You know, like I, I tell them all the time, like we have expectations on the court, but we also have expectations off the court. Uh, I'm a little bit different, um, which I learned from Katie Bass or Katie Smith. Now, um, if you have a D like that's ineligible for us. So every time my kid had like, so I check grades every day. If you have a D or F, you have a late practice after practice. Mm. And so, um, Usually, if kids have D's, you know, they don't get in trouble until they get on the F list. And so I take it one step further and they have to run if they have D's. And so that's just part of like, that's just an example of, you know, the expectations, the high expectations that I have of every single one of my girls. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have this next question on here and I almost don't even want to ask it, but I'm going to, I'm going to ask it in a different way that I have it written down here. It's like, (laughs) Uh, okay. I, the question is, what is it going to take to get your program over their edge? But from listening to what you're saying, I mean, you have you've already got it over the edge. I mean, the, every, the wins and stuff will take care of itself. I mean, that, that's what you're doing is way more important than winning championships. I mean, like I, I believe the championships will come. But I mean, as far as you know, having the gold ball at the end, do you see anything that could get you to that point, or just keep doing what you're doing? Um, so I feel like every year I have to do a better job myself, um, you know, like as a coach, but also like doing something like different with my kids, which then, because, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a seasoned coach, you know, this is Mm -hmm. what, six, seven, eight, this is eight years of head coaching experience, nine years of coaching altogether. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm still learning, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. And so I'm constantly critiquing myself. What could I do better? How could I have done something differently? Uh, And so uh, this past year, if you would compare this past year to any other year, like we did a really good job of set plays and we don't normally have set plays. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's something that we did a better job of this year. And so it's something that we're going to continue to build on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the, like every year I'm going to find something that I need to work on and we're going to build. And so I think that eventually we will get a gold ball. I just don't know if it'll be two years from now or five years from now. Yeah. Uh, but I, I mean, I feel like I would like to be over the hump right now, but I do feel like the things that we're doing and the things that, you know, I have projected or, um, goals in mind i feel like we will eventually get it yeah yeah now as a female coach do you feel um i mean it's hard enough whenever i've started looking for female coaches to put on my podcast because i got to looking at my rundown of all the people i've interviewed and it's all been male coaches i was like oh my Mm -hmm. goodness this is a now i got to looking and it was it's 
hard to find female coaches. Uh, do you have an all-female coaching staff? Uh, so I like to have an all-female coaching staff. Mm -hmm. uh, it just doesn't typically happen because um, most women have kids or yeah. they have families. And so it's hard for them to give the time that they want or need um, to a program. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that that is what why there's so many male coaches mm -hmm. um in you know the coaching field is just because like there's so much that women no offense to men but there's so much that women have to do you know yeah like yeah. it's easy it's not it's not easy to just coach but like i feel like sometimes like male coaches are blessed because some of the stuff like they can just go coach and then sometimes their wife takes care of like the extra stuff of like planning you know the, mm -hmm. the hospitality room or planning the fundraisers or helping with this so and so but a female coach has to do all of that mm -hmm. and so it's very time consuming and if you have a family like a lot of people don't want to give up that time for their family yeah. Now me, I just dragged my daughter along and <laughs> poor girl's just, you know, been raised in a gym since she was three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it, I think it, it's just tough, you know, it, it's mm -hmm. tougher for women to make the decision. And so uh, it's hard for, and then on, on top of that, you know, a lot of uh, men that are not in the coaching field, you know, and they're, you know, out in the workforce, mm -hmm. a lot of them don't have the patience for you know to take care of the home so their wife can go coach or things yeah. of that nature because it is a big commitment and it's not just a commitment you know from one person like it's a commitment to everybody in your household yeah do you feel like the the shot clock will be implemented in Oklahoma? <sighs> i want it to be um i know that it was up for vote this past year but it did not make um i think that a lot of people are nervous about going to it, mm -hmm. um, I, but I would love to see 5A and 6A do it. We played in Arkansas this past year for the Arkansas Tournament of Champions mm -hmm. in December, and they had a shot clock. I think it was like 35 seconds or something like that, and I think we only had one shot clock violation, and, and it, honestly, it should have been a foul, and we should have had the shot clock reset. Yeah. I think 35 seconds is plenty of time to yes. be able to score or, no offense, turn the ball over you know, um, I think that that I, I think I would love like the game is the game is just so much more smooth. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because we were playing against, you know, people that are all in the state tournament or if it was partly because of the shot clock. Mm -hmm. But that was we played great basketball and it, it was fun because we weren't constantly just. You know, I feel like this year, like whenever we played McAllister, I felt like most of our time was on defense. That's how I felt like, yeah. like, like I felt like they were just swinging the ball so many times. I'm yeah. like, oh my, like if I'm like saying, oh my gosh, can y'all shoot already? I already know how my girls are. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we, we enjoy being fast. Like we're not going to be in your shorts, like defense and, and score off of defense, but we enjoy playing fast on offense. And mm -hmm. so when people go forever on offense and we're having to play defense for 50 seconds, you know, my girls are like, holly, like this is hard to stay disciplined. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every other level does it. I don't know why we don't do it. It's right. High level. Um, but do you think, are there any other areas that you think need improvement in basketball that you would like to see? 
mean, always the officiating is always going to be up for discussion. Um, mm. Everybody talks about, you know, there is a shorter shortage in officiating, which I understand completely there is. However, I just think that, you know, like the, the people that put together, the signers that put together crews could do a better job. Like, I know I'm going to have like a rookie, um, you know, a three-man yeah. crew, mm-hmm. but don't give me two rookies. And yeah. then one veteran. Like, let's let's try to figure out, like, how can we make it better? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is, you know, I do, I, I have officiated, you know, during the summertime. And so I know quite a few officials, and especially the younger ones. And some of the things that, you know, that we talked about, some of the things that, you know, I hear is that there is not a lot of support for them, you know, from the upper officials, because Mm. when you're learning, we're taught like it's a team, like the three man crew is a team. Like you're supposed to communicate. You're supposed to work together. Like, like either be consistently good or consistently bad. Like do not go back and forth. And so like there's three people for a reason because there's three set of eyes. Everybody has a primary and everybody has a secondary. And so like some of the older official officials, the more seasoned officials, they get upset when somebody calls in their area. Well, that was a secondary whistle, sir. That wasn't, you know, mm. that wasn't ball watching. Like that's something that you missed, which you should have missed because it wasn't in your primary or things of that nature. And so um, I think that sometimes that's how some of the seasoned officials get. And so you have three different officials calling a game rather than, three officials calling one game and so uh i think that could be better um and i don't i don't necessarily know how you know to fix that issue Mm -hmm. um but i know it's definitely a discussion between officials and coaches and assigners have you ever had that discussion with a referee that probably comes over and thinks you don't know what you're talking about and you start throwing out the primary and secondary and they're <laughs> oh yes yes like they're like they look at me and they have like a puzzled look and they're like how do you know that yeah, um, yeah you're supposed to just coach but, get back over in your box right <laughs> that's exactly what they say oh. <laughs> but the most of the ones that i know they're you know they're really understanding and and they'll communicate with you and they'll talk back and forth with you and um and so those are always the fun games because i have people that i can communicate with and they understand where i'm coming from or you know they can give me answers so now i got one final question i always try to end on like a lighthearted kind of not necessarily goofy (laughs) but who was your favorite player growing up and why That's hard. Um, I would probably say Allen Iverson. Okay. I was waiting for I was waiting for LeBron or Mike, Michael Jordan. No, no, okay. no, no. I mean, to be honest, like whenever we were, I was probably in third and fourth grade, and we were on the playground, and you know, I think that's whenever the Bulls are having their big run, and everybody wanted to be Mike. Everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan, you know. And I was like, no, nah, I'm going to be Scottie Pippen. Like, I'm going to be the person <laughs> that shares the ball. I'm going to be yeah. the person that does all the extra stuff. So I haven't ever really, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I enjoy watching LeBron and Michael Jordan and all that. But uh, I'm just that type of person that likes the extra stuff. You know, I like yeah. somebody who does everything but also can go get a bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, I just liked Allen Iverson and his, like, kind of, like, swag. Like yeah, he was the first. Like, you know, like, he, he was the man, and he, he didn't care how short he was. He didn't care where he came from. Like, he just came to who. And so I just really, really enjoyed watching him and uh, learning from him. I could never handle the ball like him by any means. 
but I enjoy trying yeah. to handle the ball like he did. <laughs> yeah. Well, Coach, so. I appreciate you taking time out of your weekend to talk with me, and uh, good no luck problem. coming up on the, during the summer and next season. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. There's no disputing the results. Coach Douglas took over a program that has struggled and turned it into a program that has lived in the state tournament since she took over, and I can see how. At any level of coaching, whether it be elementary, high school, or even college, the relationships you build with your players should be the main priority. If a player believes that their coach genuinely cares about them as a person and not that they are just an X or an O, you're going to get the most from that student athlete on and off the court. Coach Douglas seems like the coach that is not only one of the best coaches in the state, but I bet her girls know that she cares about them as an individual and what they can become in the future when sports are over. And that is a championship coach and a championship program. Thanks for listening to Kenny and the Coaches. Coming out next Sunday at 10 a.m., I talk with Tushka head boys basketball coach Chris Zeit. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast and tell others about it. It's Kenny and the Coaches. That's Kenny with an E. Until next time.